Right, okay, this is episode three of Music and More with me and Pete Fletcher. Um, I think today Pete's wanting to talk about influences and things like that, which could be really interesting. And also, it might be quite interesting to address some of the uh, set list suggestions we've had and stuff like that. So, <laughs> how are you doing, Pete? Doing well, doing well. Good stuff. Um, so, yeah, where did you want to? Where did you want to pick up from then with this one? Hey, let's. Well, why don't we at least start with the the uh, set list discussion that happened on Twitter? Yeah. Uh, I, I realized very quickly that I, I, there's too many songs that I want on the set list myself. Yeah, yeah I know it's that. And I can't believe you got called out for leaving out. Um, yeah. You left out Getaway and you left out Truth, didn't you? Right. And yeah. you got called out for it. I did. I did. <laughs> I, I feel I feel embarrassed. <laughs> I had to say when I read that tweet, and it, it just, what did it say? Uh, no Getaway, uh, no Truth is no words. Well, I don't know about that, Pete. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I, I definitely felt, yeah, I felt it. And and and, he, and they're right, you know, it's true. So that's that's the frustration because well, there's exactly. so many songs. Heck, you, but it, and that, do it. it perfectly highlights the point, doesn't it? Uh, especially that, you, you know, you're never going to please everyone with whatever whatever set list we decide to have. But yeah, right. I mean, it, it, it was interesting to see people's suggestions and, you know, there, there was quite a few recurring things, you know, like Turn Out the Light and Flow and, well, all sorts really. Um, but yeah, there were people sort of suggesting suggesting like 20, 20 plus set lists. And I think, did someone even say 30? <laughs> I think someone said 30 songs, which, you yeah. know, and I was quite pleased because I, I can't remember who it was now. And that's that's a shame that because I should actually say who that was. Let me see if I can find it. But, um, yeah, look you know, on your Twitter. yeah, soon after that, someone said, someone put a set list forward and I was like, oh, damn, that, that's about right. Do you know what I mean? It's a perfect <laughs> length and nice song, uh, nice set length. And, you know, the guy was just like, well, you know, you're not 21 anymore, are you? Which is exactly <laughs> right. Yeah, it, I think it's a really interesting discussion. And as you say, it perfectly highlights the fact that everyone, everyone's got different opinions. And there was almost a few people, like, not criticising each other's set lists, but like you found, Pete, if you know, yeah. people are like, well, how can you leave that out? Do you know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, as a matter of fact, I was like I, I know they're never gonna play like just because i'm alone right mm -hmm. but man what a great song I, I was listening to that the other day and lamenting that i'll never see that live but oh well. yeah well that's it i mean I, I don't know whether i explained it on the last on, on the last episode maybe i did or, or at some point but you know certain songs like just because i'm alone and the rain and other ones that kind of came out of my bedroom um we never actually played them live they were kind of created and recorded all at once so because we never played them live as i said never really worked themselves into the set list yeah but yeah i did enjoy um who's this from javudre sucre when it was just getaway 13 times bonus track getaway hidden track getaway free download track getaway. <laughs> that's a funny one um so yeah i think one of the one of the really good set list suggestions was from the boat on twitter that was a nice set length you know about 15 songs you know not too bad and there's not too many really uh energetic ones in there let's see it has he got cessation in there no there's no cessation in there so phil will be really see, happy about that <laughs> i reject i reject your set list <laughs> oh well well, yeah, I mean, you know, I think I think we've already addressed it really, but there's always going to be people who've got different oh, ideas yeah. of what they want to hear. But there were there were some people suggesting what what I noticed was because I sort of directly addressed it in the podcast where I were like, you know, there's gonna be some people who try and make themselves look cool by listing every <laughs> single B side. Do you know what I mean? I think people refrain from that. Um, yeah, yeah. 
but it's certainly interesting and you know what like it's a nightmare it is a nightmare doing set lists it really is so you know we'll probably end up using everyone's suggestions as templates if you know what i mean and just go <laughs> we'll probably pick out of those rather than having to sit down and do it ourselves oh good well then i better start submitting more set lists just kidding <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, you better put truth is no words in there as well, though. Yeah, exactly, for sure. And get away. <laughs> so musical influences. Yeah, we were talking about this the other day, and I was like, oh, that might be a fun episode. Just talk about musical influences in general. Mm-hmm. Yeah, well, it's something, I mean, was that? That was one of the original reasons I started the YouTube videos as well. I started it primarily to answer questions about where I'd been, but there was also a lot of questions about influences, and I did start um you know like a series on youtube which i haven't actually continued but i should do but you know i can work it into here Um, but i did start talking loosely about influences but i think a lot of it was mainly um influences before being in the band i think that i was addressing in that video and to be honest well even though it's not that long ago but i can't exactly remember what i said in that video anyway but i do know that i started to talk about it because i mean it's something that people are obviously really interested in um not just well it's almost like two separate things really you've almost got band influences and then you've almost got like um each of our individual influences and those two are very very different things do you know what i mean what we would sit down and listen to on our ipods or whatever is not necessarily the same as what we you know we would then put on like the bus stereo do you know what i mean when we're all on the bus and someone goes on stereo that's that's more that I, what i would consider to be band influences and i think that became that became very evident in america especially and i, I remember it vividly being on american tour buses on several different american tours and um you know queens of the stone age um is it songs for the deaf or it's that record isn't it um Mm. we absolutely hammered that record i think it was like see that that sort of came from stew that and that's another example of how all our different influences pull together to make something that we all enjoy and we all pull from creatively as well so queens of the stone age was something that stew brought i mean i was aware of them obviously well we all were but i think that album in particular really um well, it sort, it sort of transcended anything he'd made before, in my opinion, anyway, in terms of, you know, with, with Dave Grohl on the drums and everything. Oh, yeah. That, oh, yeah. I mean, that record is just absolutely superb. And we oh, yeah. we spent hours upon hours sat in buses, you know, uh, driving over vast distances in America just with that album blasting out. And um, it, it was always fun as well to watch Stu doing his air drumming especially to that album to that queens at stone age album like Stu can do air drumming to literally every song on that record to an extent that would just leave <laughs> you in hysterics honestly even like all the little hits and high and all, well the high know, hats and everything yeah <laughs> oh yeah every little sort of accent and little hit that is on that record Stu will sit there and replicate it's absolutely hilarious and it's just a look on his face while he's doing it really funny uh, and also stuff like jane's addiction as well you know, there's all sorts of stuff we listen to as a band that, as I say, I, I, I don't think we didn't necessarily sat down and listen to individually. You know, I'm listening to a lot of Van Morrison. You know, I love Van Morrison, especially early Van Morrison. You know, that's not necessarily something that I'd have ever brought onto the, the bus stereo, for yeah. example. You know what I mean? It's not exactly... But that's reflective of how eclectic my musical taste is, really. Because, as I say, while I absolutely love listening to Queens at Stone Age and Jane's Addiction and, you know, all sorts of stuff like that at the same time. Well, I can I, I appreciate vast different 
uh, genres of music, as we all do, as every one of us did in the band. But, you know, for example, I don't think anyone else was really into Van Morrison. Not that I care, but I won't put it on the stereo. Yeah, yeah, I hear that. I mean, like, I I think I've heard you mention that you like Fleetwood Mac. I mean, I love Fleetwood Mac. They've always been great. But yeah, I wouldn't call them like my influence if I was thinking about like, for me specifically, like I was heavily influenced by Zeppelin. Well, uh, all right. I'm I'm sorry to interrupt you, Pete, but let's talk about that because that's incredibly important. So in terms of in terms of Fleetwood Mac being my uh, my single biggest musical influence, that is because. I couldn't pinpoint the age, but I won't have been very old. But when uh, my grandma used to live in Uddersfield, which is down M62, so we'd drive there when I was maybe six, seven. I mean, we could probably work it out. Little Lies. I remember Little Lies being on the radio. So probably work out when that that came out, what age I would have been. But I have vivid, vivid, vivid memories of all their back catalogue. Not just that, but that's sort of one of my my earliest memories of that. But uh, my dad especially was so into Fleetwood Mac, it was on all the time everywhere yeah, and not you yeah. know not to coin a, a title of one of the songs but it was all around me that music and it is seared into my brain it's not yeah. necessarily a case of me ever thinking i want this to sound like uh, you know stevie stevie nicks and lindsey buckingham something they'd have done i never consciously think that it's against my will it's so etched onto my um, brain is that music uh, because it was what was everywhere while I was sort of becoming aware of music if you know what I mean to an extent that I wanted to listen to it and enjoy it I'll never forget um, I mean there's just some really uh, really unearthly sounds on that record Tango in the Night do you know what I mean where Little Lies is from it's just a brilliant sounding record and it capped it, it I found it spellbinding as a child listening to that you know I never once thought wow I want to do something like that it was, it was never a case of that it was almost just like an addiction to listen to it which i suppose oh, yeah. is the one of the fundamental thing fundamental things about music anyway really is that um you know it, 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 with certain songs it becomes an addiction to hear them do you know what i mean it certainly it oh, certainly yeah. does for me anyway and where to the extent where listening to it is like taking a drug effectively um, like a cigarette yeah well yeah 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 which is also a drug, right? Nicotine. Yeah, of course, of course. Yeah, it's just yeah. it's a stimulant. So you know, nicotine is a stimulant. Music is a stimulant. I mean, anything that's good in this world is a stimulant in it to a degree. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. I don't know if you're on TikTok, but have you seen the? There's a Fleetwood Mac song that's now gone viral on uh, TikTok. It's all over Twitter too. But it's that one. Uh, have you seen the guy? He's uh, he's on a skateboard and he's uh, filming a selfie and he's listening to Dreams. No, I don't think I've seen. Oh, that. you haven't seen that? No. Oh, it's, it's, yeah, it's gone viral, but he's got like this vibe. It's like this dude, he's just he's just chilling. He's 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 like enjoying life. He's drinking an ocean spray cranberry drink. Yeah. While he's while he's dry uh, riding on his uh on his skateboard and he's filming his selfie and all of a sudden he just starts singing the chorus and it's like I don't know why, but everybody loved the video. It went viral. And even the the guitar player from Fleetwood Mac actually like he he created like a parody of the video oh, himself. All right. <laughs> and a whole bunch of other people did the same, but yeah, it's it's gotten pretty popular, but cool to see that good music is still oh. Trendy. You can't you can't get away from that those songs like dreams. I mean, I could I could talk about Fleetwood Mac for days, um, especially in certain terms of influences on my guitar playing as well. Um, do you know what I mean? Lindsey Buckingham, probably one of my sort of primary guitar influences. Um, and then sort of mixed in with Nick McCabe really more than anything which is why it's always fascinating the people sort of draw comparisons with me and John Squire 
Although oh, I, yeah. I'm I'm convinced that is more because of literally my silhouette on stage and sort of how I stand and the fact I play a Les Paul, maybe. I don't know. Well, I, I never saw you for years uh, when I was listening to that first album. And mm-hmm. that album just sounded like a, a, a hipper version of Zeppelin. Like I was always right. like, this is like Zeppelin, but even cooler. That's how I, I always describe yeah. the music. I was like, it's just got this real, real Zeppelin sound. But I don't know. That's... I'm sure and I, I've heard other people say that too. That yeah, uh, that's, I mean, again, do you think that's musically or do you think that's got a lot to do with Rob's voice and the, not similarity, well, go on, the, the similarities it has with Robert Plant, do you think it's anything to do with that or do you think it's more to do with the energy of the music itself? I think it's both, actually. Like, there are certain songs like uh, Turn Out the Lights and stuff. Yeah. Oh, yeah, he, yeah. That's the, that's the baby, baby, baby bit, though, that the, the, you're yeah, yeah, yeah. Do you know what I mean? And that, do you know, but... I, that's fine, but but like, it's more than that. I, I think it's the guitar. Like the guitar in general has such a that sound. You know, like that yeah. Zeppelin. I, great I, yeah, maybe, maybe. But again, you know, we we want listening to Zeppelin. So that's weird. I know. So a lot of the comparison, like people compare. People say stuff like Rush and stuff like I've never listened to Rush in my life, and I guarantee Ooh. you, Rob, Rob will have never even heard of Rush. And there's people going, "Oh wow. man, you sound like Rush or whatever." And is it Geddy Lee? I'm not sure, but um, yeah, but you don't. I don't think you guys sound like Rush personally. Well, but, exactly, yeah. but that's the point: is everyone hears something different. Um, and the Zeppelin comparisons have always been interesting to me again because that was something that Phil and Stu brought really. Uh, um, in, well, Stu mainly in terms of listening to Zeppelin. Um, and I've never sat down and listened to Led Zeppelin myself. I've listened to Led Zeppelin to tons on the tour bus with everyone else and loved it, but I won't sit down and listen to it myself. Isn't that weird? Hmm. But um, yeah, so it's it it's interesting what sort of things infiltrated our music that well even in my plane i mean you say that you can hear sort of page in my plane or whatever you know that has to be purely coincidental because you know i would my i don't know man like my my brain and my musical ear finds the playing of someone like lindsey buckingham so much more what's the word musical it's so much more musical mm. than Led Zeppelin, in my opinion. Don't get me wrong. I love Led Zeppelin, but I'm not obsessed with Jimmy Page as a, as a guitar hero like a lot of people seem to be. To be honest, a lot yeah. of the times when I've watched him, especially live performances, he's so pissed that he can't even play properly. Do you know what I mean? So, <laughs> like, I don't know. It's just, do you know what I mean? And like I say, don't get me wrong. I love Led Zeppelin and I love Jimmy Page and everything, but I, I don't know. It's not the biggest influence on on me that someone like Lindsay Buckingham would be who I just think is from another planet and not just I'm not just talking playing ability here don't get me wrong I couldn't give a damn about playing ability I don't give a damn how fast you can play and I don't give a damn how much technical knowledge you've got what I care about is how you connect with me emotionally and so watching, yeah, sure. watching someone run around on a on a fretboard and trying it as many notes as they can you know <laughs> not to quote Shania Twain but that don't impress me much so yeah. <laughs> oh look at you that's nice <laughs> <laughs> I thought you'd like that. <laughs> Next thing you know, he's going to be giving uh, Justin Bieber quotes. <laughs> oh no, I'll refrain from that. I don't know. I, I don't want to sound like I'm getting carried away there, but do you know what I mean? Like I don't, I don't know. Well, as I clearly, as I clearly and unequivocally explained, then you know, I'm not impressed by all the musicality. Do you know what I mean? And like, it, yeah, it doesn't offend me, but at the same time, it kind of offends me. Do you know what I mean? It's like. <laughs> I don't know. Like, well, it's it's good to know that there's not like I've never. You guys have always sounded like the music. Honestly, that's mm-hmm. there's there's no other. You know, there's a lot of other bands. that's like, oh, you sound like you yeah, know, 
this other banner, you sound like Nickelback or something that's so boring. Terrible. Uh, yeah. you know, but uh, you know, there's a lot of groups that sound like the Foo Fighters or whatever, but you guys definitely have your own sound. You know, yeah. that's what I've always appreciated about the music. So, which is always why I've been curious about the different musical influences that came together to create this yeah. more yeah. unique sound. But well, I know you said that Rob was into the Doors, but I don't I don't get any of the Doors from from the music though. Well, yeah, but that, I mean I guess that will be because, I mean, again, the Doors was something that we all ended up loving. Phil grew up with the Doors as well. And again, I don't like to talk for people because I could get things slightly wrong, but I'm pretty sure that Phil was banging to the Doors as well. Whereas with me and Stu, I think the Doors was something we learned to appreciate, like Roadhouse Blues, for example, for me, you know, watching. Um, But for, I mean, as you say, you, you may listen to us and not hear the Doors, but if you listen to Rob, you will hear Jim Morrison. You have to. You have to listen to melodies that Rob does, and not only melodies, but lyrical lyrical um, ethos. Do you know what I mean? Oh, I okay. think okay. I think that Rob, uh, at one stage, very much was uh, very much um, what's the word? Identified. I think there was quite a while where Rob really identified with what Jim Morrison did creatively. And don't get me wrong, I'm not saying that you can listen to the music and go, that's a Morrison melody or something like that. You can't. And maybe I'm presuming a level of understanding that isn't necessarily always going to be there in other people, but I I can certainly hear it. But I guess, I don't know, maybe that's because I've sat there while we've listened to it all and sort of watched him vibe off it. I don't know. And so, but that, that, that's a great point is that Robert brings stuff like his influence from Jim Morrison and that. But I mean, saying that as well, Regardless of what you think about the Doors musically, the Doors kind of came out of... Well, they they very much had their own sound. You know instantly when you're listening to the Doors, as you know instantly when you're listening to the Beach Boys or something like that. Do you know what I mean? It, it, it's completely oh, yeah. unmistakable. So I can I can see parallels with bands like that on us in terms of in terms of that instant recognizability. But I suppose that ex- that goes to, it goes throughout music. But does it just go throughout great music? Because you know you'd instantly recognize Nirvana, wouldn't you? And you'd instantly recognize mm-hmm. the Foo Fighters. Um, but certainly, although although that last song that he just released, Shame Shame. I, I got to tell you, I hate to say this publicly because I'm a huge Foo Fighter fan, but not so impressed with the uh, shame, shame that just came out by the, by Dave Grohl. Oh, is it is it Foo Fighters or is it like a solo thing? No, it's Foo Fighters. Uh, and and I, I watched an interview on him where he said it's the only song on the album that sounds that way. But it just, oh. I don't know, it was a little too, little too not Foo Fighters for me. I guess ah, I'm used to it. Pete, 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 Pete. <laughs> Are you being one of those fans? Are you being one of those be fans? Fickle. I don't want to be fickle. Well, that's but, uh, it. It's like, no, you sound like this. And if you ever dare to sound like anything different, I'll never buy your records again. Is that what you're doing, Pete? Uh, I boy, think it oh is, isn't I it? I think it, it is. It. <laughs> <laughs> no, I know what you're saying. I know what you're saying. Um, but can you can you appreciate how difficult that is when you're like, I don't oh, yeah. know, you feel that you want to do something different and people are like, oh, I'm not being funny, my friend, but I don't give a damn if you want to do something different. <laughs> That's not ever long. <laughs> <laughs> Which is an absolutely amazing yeah. song, though, isn't it? Jeez. Yeah, for sure. But, I mean, well, hey, in, in, interesting transition, but like the, your three albums sound very different all really good you know which on the topic of musical influences is is interesting because it's like yeah were the three albums different because of musical influences at that time or, yeah. or not related yeah definitely it was it was um environment is what it was 
you know, that second album had that that sort of Americanized sound, not just because we made it in America with an American producer. Um, don't get me wrong, I'm sure that plays into it. But, you know, we were we were listening to, as I say, just tons of um Queens of the Stone Age and and Jane's Addiction and we were on we were you know, we were out on tour um yeah. with people like Slipknot and stuff and and the Foo Fighters. You know, we did Big Day Out what was it? Big Day Out 2005 with the Foo Fighters and with, with Slipknot. Uh, oh, were they different years? I can't remember. But yeah, I mean, when we did it with the Foo Fighters, you know, we had some really interesting evenings with them lads that really, really sound guys, all of them, you know, lots of uh, sat in the bar, all drinking daiquiris and stuff like that in these Australian hotels. Absolutely great memories. Nice. And also on that, that we, you know, we sat behind, on stage behind their amps as well, watching them for their for their gigs. And we, it, Dave gave us a shout out as well at a couple of the gigs. So that were really nice. But oh, that's cool. Yeah, that that Welcome to the North album, uh, that 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 song Welcome to the North. I, I I was I wasn't even from the North, but I wanted to be. I felt mm. like, oh man, that song made me yeah. wish I was in the North. But yeah, uh, so, I mean, even that, I didn't know where the North was. But. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> That I mean, that I remember. I remember sort of coming up with that song, and I remember Rob coming up with the melody and coming up with the the words. And I, you know, a lot of the time when, especially that album as well, where just when we actually wrote it in our in our practice room on Kirkstall Road, we we like I say, I had the riff and we built the the sound up as a band, and then Rob was trying different things out, and then he he did that melody, he did that vocal melody, and I think he did them lyrics straight away as well, and it was just like, oh yes, do you know what I mean? That that means something. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that yeah. that means something, and as you say, not even being from England, um, and I don't, I don't think it's necessarily, it, it, it's just the energy in it. Do you know what I mean? The genuine energy in it, sort of from everyone, from all four of us, and especially sort of Rob in the vocal and how it connects and stuff. Um, yeah, there's passion in there. There's pride. Exactly, there's like- and that that runs through all our records. That passion and that pride, and you know, going back to you talking about different influences for different records of course you know the third album which a lot of it i did the th- a lot of the third album was made in my bedroom do you know what i mean me and rob effectively sat down on pro tools in my bedroom and wrote the whole thing and i was listening to and you know co-writing a lot of melodies as well and i was listening to a ton of depeche mode an absolute ton of depeche mode during that third album so that will go that will leech onto there do you know what i mean so the first album well i mean the first album, there's no doubt the first album is the purest. It has to be. Because that's the that's the that first album is the amalgamation of everyone's innocence musically. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. It's the it's the amalgamation of everyone's untouched, pure instincts in terms of what to do in these songs when we're writing them, you know, how to play your bits or whatever. It's a it's a it's a true reflection of that. And Tim, our manager, he could see what was happening in those early days and he did his damnedest to keep everyone away from us. You know, we, we never went near London or anything like that. We literally stayed in Kipax and people came to us because he was so terrified that people might taint us. Do you know what I mean? Oh, yeah. that, that people might in some way derail or make us think differently about the the avenue we were going musically because it was just so out there and so pure and so real and you know it connected with people and a lot of that obviously is to do with Rob as well and how he how he comes across vocally and and like you say the way he sings and the passion he sings with um so that first album and your first album's always the easiest to make because as I've probably said before you have you have a long time to make it you have your youth to come up with these ideas unpressured but I'm sure in retrospect, we probably lost a lot of fans 
when we released that second album. And I'm sure in retrospect as well, I don't care. Um, but I'm sure we did because it was just so, do you know, it was, it was such a departure, but I'll tell you what, I'll be damned if I'm going to sit there and make the same record again. I ain't got time for that. And I don't, I, I don't even care if anyone else does. I don't, but I'm telling yeah, you, of no, no one else had that either. You know, no one's going to sit down with me and say, right, make the same record again. I'd rather not bother. I would literally rather not bother because there is no higher purpose there. There is no, right, I want to do something different now. I mean, who, the, who, who does the same thing all the time? Do you know what I mean? And don't get bored. No, you know, yeah, and once you've been around the world playing these songs for three years, I'm just going to write another 20 of them that sound same and play them for another, <laughs> another three years. I want something different. I want something that's different. Do you know what I mean? And like, don't get me wrong. I have more than respect for our fans. But at the same time, we're going to do whatever we want to do. Of course. And, you know, you live by the sword and you die by it. And, you know, it's not like the second album did well comparatively. And um, I, I don't know, man. I, I didn't see a huge departure from the first album on the second album. Uh, to me, they were very similar. Um, you know, obviously to me, if I was, I'd say, oh yeah, this one might have a little bit more of a, as I mentioned, sort of a, a, a classic Zeppelin, but with vibe, which to me was like super amazing. Yeah. Second album had a very similar thing. I, I bleed from within and, you know, welcome to the North and, and all those, those, you know, that album to me seemed very similar in that regard in a, in a good way. Yeah. That, I mean, well, that's interesting to hear you say that really. Um, uh, and I, th I agree. Don't get me wrong. I agree. I think, I don't know whether it was almost because it was too, like too refined, too polished, mm. maybe. I'm not sure, but it, I mean, it certainly, well, I mean, I don't, I don't know. You know, I mean, it, it, it certainly felt different at the time. And I think, I, I mean, I agree with you. I think it was a more refined, concentrated dose of what was in the first album. But, you know, I, I did things very differently on the second album, I sort of feel anyway. Um, and then again, I did things very differently on the third album. You know, I'm not being yeah, funny, right? Yeah. But by the time I recorded that third, I well, sort of wrote it. I was, I, I was not bored of the way I was playing guitar, but, um, well, I'd had enough. You know what I mean? Drugs. I think I wrote that on a mandolin. Do you know what I mean? Um, ah, okay. Oh, yeah, yeah, literally. And people, it's difficult because like on Twitter, people are like, oh, you know, riffage from the third album. Well, there isn't really any. Do you know what I mean? Every <laughs> The third album, I, I built it from the ground up musically and I put layers on there of what I wanted. So there is no, and that's different. You see, usually when we used to write, it would just be all four of us in a room writing on the third album. I were in my bedroom and I built everything up and sort of put the guitars in there how I wanted them yeah. to be. As a result of that, there isn't exactly um, like a riff you could play. Do you know what I mean? The riff from strength, it's a synth. I did strength in numbers on a synthesizer. I wrote a lot of it on a synthesizer. And the guitar was an afterthought on that third album. And that might, you know, that might like, I don't know, that might upset some people, but... I, I, I love the third <laughs> album. It's a very, it's got a, it's got a, a dark, yeah, sexiness to it. Yeah, like man, yeah. Kinda... I was listening to loads of Depeche Mode and that sort of stuff. You know, cold blooded. You know, we were listening to Depeche Mode, and that was the day that that lad went on that rampage at Virginia Tech. Um, oh yeah, mm -hmm. that's when we wrote Cold Blooded. Um, oh wow. Yeah, and it was kind of. It was kind of as a, you know, it's not something we'd probably go out and shout about, but that's the truth. You know, I had been building that track up and Rob had come up with that vocal hook and then it, that lyric came out and it was like, oh, that, you know, that feels great. Um, so, yeah. Um, There's some good riffs on the, on the third album. I mean, heck, uh, the left side is probably one of my favorites. Well, they, yeah, that's, yeah, I guess so. I, I know what you're saying. 
I don't know. Maybe it's maybe it's just in terms of how I see it. Because on every other album, I just sat there with my guitar in the hand, my hand and played the way through. Whereas on that one, I did different bits with different sounds on different guitars. And I, I never... I did things differently live to what I did in the studio. I think that's... Well, I did. It's a fact. You know, when it were a case of, right, let's play these songs live, I not made the best of it. But, you know, I, I had... I couldn't just play the riff because there isn't one riff. There's like loads. It's layers, yeah, man. It's yeah, loads of layers. layers. It's like when Stevie Nick, uh, it's like when Lindsay Buckingham got lo- let loose on Tusk. Do you know what I mean? And just layered the shit out of everything. It's a, you know, that's what I did. You know, I was sat in my bedroom on my own just going, well, no one can tell me I can't do this, but here, off we go. <laughs> so yeah, <laughs> layer, that, that, layer, that's what layer. that third album was. And I guess that's why it kind of, kind of sounds so different. And there, you know, there are a lot of reasons behind why we started writing like that as well, to be honest. Um, you know, that's something we could talk about another day, but there is no doubt, like you say, the, the three albums are all very different yet they've got the same thing running through them. Or I'd like to think that they've got the same thing running through them. And I'd like to think that's evident to everyone. You know, like, I, I think some people, I think some people pretend the third album doesn't exist. Do you know what I mean? And I know there's people who will go nuts about that and be like, what, you know, you can't do that. But I guarantee you, there are people out there that would rather the third album didn't exist. Some of them may be in our own management. <laughs> but, um, I don't know. I'm not accusing anyone well, there. Um, but yeah, do you know what I mean? But for me, I still love it. And obviously, you know, yeah. I sat down and wrote that blooming thing musically. So I'm going to have a lot of uh, affinity for it. You know what I mean? I've got a lot of, you know, me and Rob sat down and wrote those songs and we did it under pressure as well. We did it in what we felt was under pressure circumstances. And I'm really proud of it. Do you know what I mean? So, but you know. No, it's fantastic. It, and I don't want to pander, obviously, but you know, it, it, you know, it is what it is. It's different than the other albums and I appreciate it for what it is. You know, there's no album that has all the best songs on it. You know, there are songs from from the first album that are better than just about, you know, I mean, are better than most songs I hear on the radio for sure. Mm. And then there's songs on the second album that are the same thing. There are songs on the second album that are better than some of the songs on the first mm-hmm. and vice versa. And and there's songs on the third album that are better than songs on the first album. Yeah, yeah. You know, like there's there's no like, it's not like you made this amazing album and then you made, you know, a somewhat good album and then you did, made something that people didn't like. That's yeah. not... That's not the way I see it. Well, like, I, I see that I, there are three very different albums that, uh, heck, No Danger is on the third album. And that's probably my favorite music song. Mm, yeah. <laughs> and that's on the third album. I mean, there's there's so many great songs on all three albums. So it's, it's, it's tricky to, I know they're different, but I love the thread that pulls through all three of them is that, you know, and it, maybe it's the instrumentals, but the instrumentals just seem to always be this thing that are on all three albums that seem to really keep that music uh yeah. you know it's like you know it's the music because yeah. why well because there's a there's a bloody instrumental at the very end of the yeah, last yeah. song and it's amazing <laughs> yeah well exactly i mean you know that the instrumentals were always us doing whatever the hell we wanted basically because don't get me wrong while we were very free spirit-esque musically and everyone left us to be that there is an element of this has to this has to be listenable do you know what i mean you can be as experimental as you want in music but um it still has to retain a melody and be listenable like you say i think they tie all three records together they have like a mysterious quality like a, a magical quality i like the fact that are, are all three of them hidden are, are they all hidden uh, this is this is a very touchy subject for me <laughs> because it makes me have bad feelings about you <laughs> because on spotify 
the the uh, there's no there's no place in the world that I can obtain no danger except for going to YouTube and playing it from YouTube right. because it's not on Spotify. Right. But it's on Spotify if you're in the UK. Like I had a buddy of mine that I turned on to the music, and he was just like, uh, he's like, man, this is a great this is a great album, and he's like, I really love that no danger. This is a while ago, and All I was right. like. Wait, what do you mean no danger? What is what, what is no danger? And it wasn't and I so I had gone years without hearing that. Right. And I turned this guy onto the music and he's telling me about how great no danger is. I was so pissed. And then, you know, and so come to find out, it's only on the UK record. It's not on the US record. And for whatever reason, Spotify is smart enough to know where you're playing it from. So I have to like get a, a VPN proxy to lie to the internet and say <laughs> that I'm in the UK. It's the only way I can listen to to no danger. It's ridiculous. I, so yeah, that that's a for me, I don't know why you hate America. That's all I'm saying. That's my point. <laughs> Well, I mean, listen, you are not the only person, right? You're not the only person that has said to me, why isn't this there? Why is that like that? Why aren't you repressing all the vinyls? Why aren't you doing this? Yeah, like you're in charge. Yeah, I mean, you know, don't get me wrong and create the music and that, but, you know, I've never been involved in any of that. I ain't got a vinyl press in my garage and stuff. Do you know, I don't know how to get vinyl. People are talking about reissuing the vinyls. That's not to do with me. And I'm not being funny either. I couldn't care less either. Do you know what I mean? If someone wants to make that happen, then that's cool as sin. But I don't know the mechanics yeah. of making that happen. <laughs> it's, it's, it's one of those yeah. things. You know, like, and when when people are like, oh, you should have had this band of support on this on this reunion tour. Why haven't you got them as support? Do you think I sit there and choose support bands? Do you think any of us sit there and choose support bands? <laughs> it's done by the promoter. you got a problem. Speak to them. Don't be tweeting me saying, oh, they should have been on your bill. Oh, I don't oh, yeah. get me wrong. I'm not having a go, but, well, you know. <laughs> people, I don't know. Like, people just think that you're, well, you're, you know, you're, you're in the music. You should know. I don't know. It's like when a lot, years and years ago, we're driving around somewhere in Leeds with my girlfriend, and I had no idea where we were. And she turned around and she said, well, how do we get home from here? I said, well, I don't know. And she had to go at me because she was like, well, you're from Leeds. I'm like, well, Leeds is a pretty big place. Do you know what I mean? I don't know every dark corner of Leeds or every road or street or where it goes. But she won't have it. She was like, well, I know every part of Kent. I'm like, oh, for God's sake. Anyway, sorry. Is this an ex-girlfriend? Just kidding. No, no, Karen. <laughs> Just kidding. Uh, yeah, yeah. So, I mean, going back to influences anyway, you could look at it in terms of influences for specific songs. But what you have to realise is, say, I don't know, say I start playing a riff that's been inspired by Sigaross or Mogwai or something like that, you know, just for reference. With the other lads not necessarily being aware of that. Yeah. yeah. Do you know what I mean? It's not like they can participate in being inspired by it do you know what i mean so right, they're yeah. always going to listen to me playing that riff and go right i want to do this do you know like that was the beauty of phil really sort of coming from sort of rooted in dance music you know i'd be playing this oh. stuff i'd be playing this stuff like a like a cigaros-esque or mogwai-esque riff and then phil's putting like dance drums over it that's interesting because like some bands you would imagine have very similar influences and you, you can almost tell in their music because it just has like this i don't know it's it's like one layer sound and and the music has like multiple layers it's got the rock it's got the the hip vibe it's got the dance and you know it's just but it's also i don't know to me it seems like there's a lot more layers in there so it's interesting to see that because of the fact that you guys came from slightly different backgrounds you know maybe you fleetwood mac van morrison things like that and uh you know and then maybe phil having more of a, a dance vibe that it, i i, I like the way that all of that just sort of you guys get into a room and create something off of each other's inspirations that's kind of cool and that's the point i think is that because everyone brought that raw sort of 
creative instinct based off their own inspirations. Everyone sort of wanted to to fit themselves into the sound, if you know what I mean. Like, not like in a competitive way. It was never a competition, but everyone wanted to assert their their influence in the song and obviously their influence would carry their musical influences obviously you know what i'm trying to say but we never we never pulled in the same direction i think that's probably the simplest way of looking at it is that i don't think we once ever pulled in the same direction other than you know a shared desire to to write great music that was the only thing but there was you know i don't know it kind of feels to me like with some bands you can look at them and you're like right okay you've sat down and gone right who should we look like? The Ramones. Okay, brilliant. <laughs> and then who should we sound like? The Strokes. Well, they sound like the Ramones. Okay, well, that, that, that that's fine. Do you know what I mean? And even down to how they dress and everything yeah. like that. I mean, I'm not being funny, but that just always made me sick. You know what I mean? I've got no problem with a band coming from a scene, all being into the same thing and sort of naturally dressing similar. Don't get me wrong. And I'm not judgmental in that case, sense at all. But people who are quite obviously stylized and quite obviously have sat down and gone, who shall we look like or sound like? Do you know what I mean? I can't get my head around that. It's completely foreign and alien to me. And I think that's also a reason why Tim kept so many people away from us because he didn't want people to be like, oh, well, I think this should be this or I think this should be that or... Do you know what I mean? I don't know. Like, I don't think we ever had that sort of really powerful image. And I think the reason for that is because we never really fit anywhere so mm-hmm. we almost had like an anti-image, if anything, to be honest, especially, you know, in terms of photo shoots and stuff like this. And, you <laughs> yeah. know, like I never made, I've never made a, a style choice in my life. I've I don't know. I, I saw you wearing some, uh, some, some bell-bottom jeans back in the day. <laughs> <laughs> Do you want to know why? Because they were free. <laughs> Everything that I used to wear was free. I didn't give a damn about, I mean, don't get me wrong. I love the North, the North brand. I love that. Anything else. It was just because it was free and it was clean. Like when you're on tour, clean clothes are a massive commodity. So if someone's, (laughs) if Adidas have sent you a box of clothes, you're all going to be wearing Adidas. If Puma send you a box of clothes, which is funny actually, because I think one day, one Fuji festival, me and Stu both wore the same Puma shirt. And we both looked (laughs) at each other before we were going on, going, oh, damn. Oh, well, who cares? <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, honestly, you do a gig and you sweat so much that you could wring your clothes out. Well, you throw them away and you put some new ones on that are brand new. I, I, I don't know. I, I, I think it takes us back to the tour bus. Is there yeah. no washing machine on the tour bus? No, exactly. And you, there, was, there was always a bunk on the tour bus, just one bunk that everyone shared that would be full of like, just stuff that had stuff growing on it in the end. Do you know what I mean? I think once I was sick over a pair of jeans and I left them in a plastic bag and left them in this bunk. Literally, that's how bad we're talking. Do you know what I mean? It was, yeah, exactly, exactly. Do you think someone like that gives a damn about what kind of clothes they're wearing? I don't. I'm going to say no. <laughs> no, exactly. Or, or I'll, I never I never once cared about my fashion or style or all that other than my hair. That's the only thing that I've ever cared about is when I had decent hair. And now those days are long gone. But, you know, what can you do? Um, mm. Well, what about influence from producers? I mean, because I know they have their own influences. And I know you like I know you chose from the, the guy who produced like Rage Against the Machine and a couple of other bands. Do you uh, mean that the record the- label chose him? That's what. Oh, okay. So you, that's what you mean him. to say, Pete. Yeah, the record label to say. Chosen. <laughs> but but how much how much does their influence uh, you know show on an album? Because I know you guys are bringing you're bringing the recipe, so mm-hmm. they're there to to polish and to yeah. put a couple of ornaments. So how, how much does their influence contribute? It depends. It depends a lot. It depends how much you let them. Um, 
I mean, I suppose I could talk about it quickly and say sort of Jimmy Abyss on the first album, it was great really because the idea with the first album was capturing what we'd done. Do you know what I mean? Capturing this stuff almost in a live environment and presenting it in the best way it could. And, you know, we sat down with Jim and we made tweaks to the songs. Like Jim made some really interesting changes to the people. Not musical changes, more arrangement. Just sort of like, well, what if that happened here and then that happened there? You know, stuff that really... Because, you know, there's some a lot of our songs and like, like a lot of my riffs, it, it, they sort of become repetitive, not in a bad way, but it's just the way I do stuff. And yeah. so through little breaks and things and through little different musical bits, you can very easily break that up and make that not quite so repetitive. Um, so, Jim, you know, Jim had a lot to offer on that first record and the sound of it and everything. But as I say, the sound was as much as possible just trying to capture what we were doing. Now, as I say, um, Brendan O'Brien was actually chose by capital to be the producer um i'm sure we probably could have bucked against the idea if we didn't like it but none of us were against that idea at all we were bang up for that absolutely bang up for that but yeah. i suppose some people would be like well hang on your american label chose a producer that's how these things work ladies and gentlemen that's how these things work Do you know what i mean when you're when you're involved in something like that where loads of money's at stake and stuff like that it, it's not a case of what you want so many political decisions to be made and as i say the, the the you know the american label were like well you know uk label made first album we want to be in charge at second one we want brendan <laughs> o'brien to produce it we want you in atlanta making it Do you know what i mean that's how that worked but mm -hmm. as i say i'm not saying that in terms of it being negative it wasn't yeah because i loved the experience i loved working with brendan he's an absolutely brilliant bloke and he's a great musician and he's a great producer and we got a fantastic record out of it but again like with brendan it was very much because I think that's a diff. That may be the fundamental difference, Pete. We might have just hit on that. There are songs on the second album. There are not many songs on the first. There's the the vibes. Do you know what I mean? The jams. You know, like Long Road a song and Truth's a song, maybe. But you know, the the way I personally feel about it, anyway. The second album is much more refined songs. And again, you know, we sat down with Brendan, and again, it's a great producer will just tell you what you need to do. They won't do anything for you. So, for example, Bleed. You know, we had that groove for Bleed. I had that musical bit. And Brendan were like, look, you know, it needs another musical bit. So I were like, all right, what about this? And, you know, D to G. And that gave the effectively the, the other bit to Bleed. You know, the post-chorus bit that breaks it up, the really euphoric anthemic bit. That, was, yeah. that came from that. So a good producer can make all the difference to an album. But they, they have to understand what you want and which way you're pushing and pulling. And, um, you know, like Flood on the third album, that was interesting because there was a point where, you know, there was a point where he wanted to come at things from a very punky, like a punk vibe and was kind of openly saying, you know, I think this should have a punk sound. And I think I pretty much stood there and said, not on, you know, not on anyone's life. Is it going to sound like that? <laughs> I don't, I don't mean, I don't mean to be like, I don't like, you know, that's not what. That's not what we are. You know what I mean? And not, you know, I'm sorry. I don't care. It's not, you know what I mean? We need more sex pistols. Yeah, yeah. It's not, you know, it's, don't get me wrong. I love punk music. I do, but that's not what we are. You know, that's not what we've <laughs> ever been. Fair enough. Yeah. We might have had that energy. We might have had that, those energy levels that come with punk music. I would agree with that wholeheartedly. But in terms of actually sort of, I don't know, having something that sounded like that, 
not for me personally. And as I say, I had a lot of control over that third album because it had come out of my bedroom. You know, we went down to townhouse to record that in London. We took my hard drive with everything on it because I'd done it all in my bedroom. So all we did was load <laughs> all that up into the SSL in townhouse and start slightly developing it. And half at time, I ended up turning around and saying, nah, I prefer old bit. So we'll use the old yeah. bit there. Just load that in. No point recording it. Just load it into desk and we'll, you know, get it EQ'd up or whatever. But so producers... They, they add whatever they add, do you know what I mean? And I've never been in an experience where I thought, this isn't working. Oh, oh no, actually I have. I tell a lie. Actually, yeah, I tell a, I tell a lie. I've been in a couple where I thought, yeah, this isn't working. I'm not going to name any names because it's not right. But um, yeah, we've, we've... So yeah, I mean, it is incredibly important. Like, I don't know, like a producer's almost like a tour manager or I don't know, like a parent. Do you know what I mean? A bit like a parent. Do you know what I mean? You're all there going nuts in studio and it's like your parent coming in and going, right, stop messing about. You know, we need another bit there. So as much as you're enjoying throwing stuff at each other across the live room, do you know what I mean? And smashing stuff or whatever you're doing, this song needs a different bit in it. So crack on. So of course, you know, I'd sit down and go, right, there you go. There's a different bit. Can I go play again now? Do you know what I mean? <laughs> That's kind of what we were like in them days. That is literally That's what hilarious. we were like. It's like trying to harness us for long enough to actually get us to behave to make some of it. Do you know what I mean? Without just playing hide and seek in the studio or there's tons of stuff I could, or, or putting loads of mattresses down the staircase and just throwing ourselves down the stairs. I mean, what gets more <laughs> fun than that? At 18 years old or however old we were, it was a really long staircase. So we were like, oh, come on, let's get all mattresses, stick them on there. And we'll just throw themselves <laughs> down it. How was the fun? And then, you know, someone's coming upstairs going, uh, you know, do you mind coming down and actually playing some music? Record, please. And you're like, yeah, soon, soon, honestly. I want to try and do a forward roll without breaking my neck. Ah, <laughs> uh, the visual. That's fantastic. Why don't we finish the influences discussion on uh, what's been influencing you now? Because obviously, you know, you've been you've been working a lot. You've been sharing some of it on Twitter and some of it not. Some of it's just, man, some of the stuff you've been working on is really incredible. So what what, what do you think has been your influence lately? So I think recently my influences have been, well, myself, to be honest. I think everything that I'm being inspired by at the moment is in my own head. And it's stuff that I've gone through over the last 10 years or even longer than that. It's probably, you know, uh, I'm dealing with stuff that, you know, I've probably been thinking my entire life, really. And then obviously all the stuff that happened throughout the band. And then the 10 years that I've had, you know, being a gardener, sort of not being involved in it. I've yeah. all this time, all that time, you know, people ask me tons of times if I'd ever make music again. And I'd sort of laugh at them and be like, no. Whereas all the time, like in the back of my mind, I've not been planning, but I've been ready for this, if you know what I mean, in terms of I picked up enough life experience to be able to articulate quite a lot in quite a short space of time. And that's why I've got, you know, when did I start writing? September 2nd. I think I've got 14 songs. Yeah. Um, but but it, it's just, I'm not being funny. It's like, it's easy because I'm just so inspired. And I can't say that it is musical inspiration. I don't need any musical inspiration. I've known what I wanted to do musically since I could hear and talk. I've known what sounds I wanted to make. I don't need to listen to music to get inspired or get ideas from anyone else. I'd rather not, to be honest. I'd rather not listen to anyone else's music forever because I don't want what I hear in my head tainted by anything else. You know what I mean? I don't need yeah, to I get that. I don't need to draw influences from anywhere anymore. You know, that's all rooted in my brain from when I was very young, as I say, with that Fleetwood Mac, that sort of high harmony, soaring, skyscraping music. That's just what I do. 
It's not like I'm going to listen to a Clash album and go, well, you know, I'm going to make a record that sounds like the Clash. I, I don't know how to do that. I only know how to make yeah. things that is instinct. It's all instinct to me. It is mute. It's just complete instinct. And, you know, I'd find it very, I'd find it very hard. Well, you know, I, it would be funny if you told me to write a country and western song. I would, or a heavy metal song. I could, or <laughs> anything. I could literally give you what you want. You write, you create a nature documentary, and you want some nice music to go over that. I'll smash that out of the park. You write an action film, and you want music to go over that. I'll do that too. Do you know what I mean? Um, I want some hip hop. Get some gangster rap in you. Yeah. Uh, yeah, have you not heard uh, on YouTube? I'll do the beatbox. I've got YouTube on my YouTube channel, <laughs> mate. You laugh, Pete. You obviously haven't heard hip hop on the shower of hip hop idea on my YouTube. Maybe I've, not. Yeah, on my YouTube, there's a hip, there's a hip hop demo with a mad, mad hip hop beat. You know, I put that together nice. in about five minutes. I like it. That's awesome. Well, yeah, life experience is uh, is pretty amazing, and I, I, it's cool to see that actually being poured into what you're doing now. You're doing some pretty. Yeah, the more it seems like, the more I hear from you lately, it's. Uh, Getting it's better getting and better. better and better. Yeah, yeah. and yeah, it will it really... will continue to get better and better as well, because it's like um, I don't know. I just feel like I've a. I don't have to be honest. I don't think any anything can stop me now. And you know, I'm not talking about anything other than anything. Nothing can stop me writing songs like for as long as I want, creating as many songs as I want, because there's nothing else in my way anymore. And that's just like literally being reborn again. So that's all the inspiration I need is I'm in a position where I have 100% creative freedom and I'm in a position where it it doesn't have to do anything. I don't have to, you know, I'm not doing this thinking, oh, I need a job, you know what I mean? I need, I need a career. I don't yeah. give a damn about that. I'm doing this because I'm compelled to by you know, by what I am. I just feel like I was born to do it. Do you think you somehow came full circle because the very first album, there was no pressure. You guys were just kids that knew yeah. how to play and there was no pressure. There was no, yeah. I need to make a hit. You guys were just playing yeah. out of what you what was coming out of you. And, and it seems like now you're doing the same. You're not like chasing a producer. You're not trying to like make money on this. You're literally just, you're at a point in your life where you're expressing yourself musically. And exactly. I think that's pretty amazing. Exactly, Pete. And you hit the nail on the head. I feel like I'm 15 again or 16 again um, with just no pressure, no responsibility. You know, I'm not being funny. I don't have kids. Do you know what I mean? I don't, I, I, I don't have any wider responsibility other than making sure I don't keel over through not eating or drinking. That's my responsibility. And I'm not being funny. Yeah. I like it like that as well because it enables me now to do what I've always wanted to do in my entire life. And that's why... That's why, as you say, very much is full circle for me. You know, I'm talking about me. In that when I was 15, 16 and this all started, waking up every morning and being like, oh my God, you know, that want a dream, this is actually happening. That's how this feels. And as I say, it's not tied into success even remotely. It, it is, it's more to do with the fact that I've proved something to myself that, you know, I never thought I'd do again. Um, or or do to this extent. Do you know what I mean? Like the stuff I did on the stuff, the demos I put out on YouTube. Don't get me wrong. You know, like they were me tentatively dipping my toes in the water. You know, I wondered if that were maybe my limit. I tell you what, it's not. And I proved that to myself <laughs> no, over the last yeah. few months. Is that I can do stuff I didn't really realize I knew how to do. Do you know what I mean? And that last song I wrote, Pete, that should prove that to you. Yeah, that's a beautiful thing, man. I like that. I, li I like where you are, man. I think you're in a good spot. Uh, so, yeah, I, you know, as I say, I'm kind of happier than I've ever been. And it's like a bullish determination now. And not not in an under pressure way, just in a, like, I've finally been given what I've always wanted. I aren't wasting it. Do you know what I mean? It's that sort of bullish determination to express myself. And now I'm doing what I love. And I just feel like a totally different person. 
you know, just writing these songs, singing them, recording them, sending them to you, sending them to the people, getting the feedback that I'm getting. I'm not being funny. That's enough for me. And so if it's like I'm pinching myself going, well, I can do this for every day for the rest of my life now. There's literally nothing that's going to stop me. And that's just, mm -hmm. just seems like paradise to me. So I'm creating in like my own little paradise, really, which is why I'm just so happy. That's awesome. It, it, it's very clear. I can see that. Yeah. And as I told you, man, I'm ready. I'm ready to join the band. I got my cowbell ready. So whenever you're ready to produce. Uh. <laughs> well, that's it. I mean, look again, like I've got people saying, well, you know, this is, a, this is great when you're recording it, when you're releasing it, come on, let's go, let's go, let's go. <laughs> Calm down guys. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, Chill it's not out. time for that. Yeah. It's like, I just don't feel like that at all. I just like, honestly, I'm so relaxed and in such a comfortable place where I'm like, it's all right, man. You know, it doesn't have to be released today or even this year, next year, it don't, oh, five years. It don't, I'm not concerned about that because what I've quickly discovered is that since I've been writing since September the 2nd, I think it is, and I've got these 14 or 15 tunes, is the rate at which they're improving. Do you know what I mean? Like mm -hmm. the, the rate yeah, of yeah. like the stuff I wrote back then and I sent you and, and I was sat there thinking, oh my God, I'm so proud of this. I listened to now and I'm still proud of it because it's part of a journey, but I listen yeah. to it now and I'm like, oh, thank God that, you know, I didn't try and release that. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? Like, and uh, it's sort of everything I'm doing is taking such an, uh, such a leap forward and not even uh, an incremental leap, sort of giant leaps forward. And it, I, I tell you what, I've, I've never experienced such a, a sense of reward and rush in my entire life. And this is something I'd like to talk about separately on a, on a podcast is creating um, how I create the sort of ethos behind it. And what I'm very quickly learning is the payoff is the, the the little victories that you have. Every song that I write, and I don't know how it works for everyone else, but for me, every song I write is a, a is a collection of little victories. You know, sometimes I'll write them in 20 minutes. Uh, this last one, which is my best one, that's taken me a week to write. It's taken me a week of playing it, putting different bits in, trying different chords, trying different melodies, trying different rhythms, accenting different parts of the rhythm, accenting different parts of the music, all sorts of stuff until on each sort of section or bit, you have like a little victory where you're like, bang, there you go. That's it. You know, instinct tells you straight away when it's right. And as I say, yeah. the song will be made up of like five, six, seven, eight, maybe 10 of these little victories. And that's where I'm learning the payoff is. And that's why when people are like, record it and release it, it's like, record <laughs> it and release it. I'm done with it. Do you know what I mean? I'm done with it already. I've written it. It's there. I'm done with it. I'm moving on. Do you know what I mean? I've got my payoff. My payoff isn't if everyone else hearing it. My payoff is creating it. A byproduct yeah. of my payoff is everyone else hearing it. Do you know what I mean? Which I'm obviously I can't wait to do. But my, you know, my own sense of day-to-day -day reward is not tied in with other people hearing this stuff. It's tied in with me standing back and looking at it and going, yes, I created that. And I'm absolutely buzzing about it. Well, yeah, that's, and I honestly, I, you know, I don't want to repeat myself, but I do think that's why it's so good. I think that's why this piece is the full circle part. Like it's why, it's what made the first album so good. It's what's making what you're doing now so good. It's because it's completely authentic yep. uh, and there's nothing driving it. There's no pressure. There's yep. no, yeah. So I think, uh, you know, I could be wrong, but I think what's going to happen is that you're just going to continue to do what you're doing. You're going to get better. And then one day when you've got a ridiculous amount of amazing stuff, yep. you're probably one day going to be like, all right, fine, let's start to assemble this. Yep. And then the rest of the world is going to be the benefactor. That's kind of how I say it. I mean, obviously, you know, I don't want to sort of, you can say that, I can't, but I'm right. You're right in the sense that I'm just going to keep going until I think, okay, that's enough. I've got enough quality, like you say. You know, I don't want 10 or 15. I want 30 or 40. And I don't want 30 or 40 bits of stuff. I want 30 or 40 things that leave people open mouthed. Do you know what I mean? Um, so it will be a case of 
building up a collection of stuff that I love and then going from there. But what everyone has to understand as well, and you, Pete, really, and myself, is that there is a huge barrier still. You know, it's one thing me writing this stuff in this room, but, you know, something I'm going to have to do at some point is pluck up the courage to actually sing in front of someone, which is silly, really, because... And I know that's something that when I start doing, that ball will start rolling as well. But, you know, I, I have hurdles to get over sort of mentally, really, before I can bring before I can take that step but that will be made so much easier by a thousand percent believing in these songs there isn't going to be one on there where I'm like yeah I did like that but I don't know you know I'm going to a thousand percent believe in anything that makes its way onto this record yeah listen man it's going to be a cool journey I'm, I'm looking forward to seeing seeing uh, what you keep writing because I think you're in a you're in a sweet spot yeah man um I'm absolutely loving it. So it's a great thing to sort of be involved in, do you know what I mean? Even though I'm sort of at the heart of it, it don't feel like I am. You know, I, I listen back to these songs that I'm writing and I think, did I do that, honestly? But yeah, man, it's, it's going to be riding that sort of wave of enthusiasm right up until the reunion show, really. Um, that's, it, that's why this is also sort of organic again. I know I use that word a lot, but it, it, it counts for a lot as well. But yeah, it's going to be it's going to be really good. Keeping writing uh, as we lead up to these this reunion show and sort of all the practicing and stuff like that. But it's going to be fun to document all that as well. And to talk about it on the podcast, that's going to be really cool, the sort of um, the stuff we can do regarding that. But yeah. Um, yeah, looking forward to getting some of the boys on and uh, and talking about the upcoming. And I, I don't know when you guys, I know you said you guys are going to start practicing uh, in the future and all that. But yeah, looking forward to uh, documenting that on the uh, podcast. That, that should be some, uh, that should make for some interesting content for sure. Well, yeah, I mean, we're, we're really enjoying making these. Um, I've really enjoyed today's, had a good laugh. Um, and obviously, we both really appreciate you guys listening as always. Um, so hopefully you'll listen to the next one as well. Thank you.